Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nobody's Doing It Right, the podcast for those who are uncertain. My name's Kat. I am one of these very uncertain people all of the time. And this is the podcast where I talk about the things I'm uncertain about, the lessons I learn, and share them with you all so that maybe it'll help you a little bit on your journey, whatever. Um, So since it is February, uh, Valentine's Day month, the month of love, I figured it would be fun to share a few podcast episodes about relationships because it's not really something I'm normally sharing on here. So I figured I might as well do that. So I wanted to pull one of the topics from my uh, TikTok videos and one of the most popular topics, which is the topic of obsession, because it seems like many of us deal with obsession in varying ways to varying degrees and for varying intentions. And I think it'd be interesting to talk about and kind of share a bit of like my perspective on it and like what I've learned as I've gotten older throughout my experiences in relationships, friendships, whatever, and however it arises. And yeah, and just see like kind of where this conversation goes uh, for you guys as well. Like if you guys find something that resonates with you all, then that'd be great. You can kind of pull from this episode and work on it in your own specific way. But there are two specific um, types of obsession that I want to talk about today. Um, But there's so like, again, there's so many and there's so much nuance to this topic, but I want to just focus on two specific ones that have been really popular on my TikTok and what a lot of people seem to resonate with. So the first one is, you know, romantic obsession, obsession with partners. And the second one is obsession with people who have wronged you. So I think I'll start with the wronged, the people who have wronged you one, because I think that's a little bit shorter and the romantic one gets a little bit more (laughs) intense and in depth. Um, but when it comes to people who have wronged you, friends, family members, relate like partners, it's tough. It can be really tough to experience somebody who has done something to to hurt you on purpose, or maybe not even on purpose, but they've done it uh, subconsciously, but it's, it's hurt you either way. And that being a person that you once trusted and you never expected them to do that. Right. And I think When you are obsessing about somebody who's wronged you and you're ruminating on like, how could they do that to me? Why would they do that to me? Like, how dare they not apologize? And just like, even if they refuse to apologize and you're just thinking about them all the time and wanting that apology and wanting that, that like recognition. I think the reason that obsession comes into play, like the rumination aspect of it for me and my experience is a lot of it has to do with the ego, right? And I don't just mean the ego in terms of like the, like self-centered aspect of it but like the ego as in the subconscious like how we're living without really noticing how we're living what's guiding us from our childhood wounds type of way um our ego is bruised when that happens like someone has hurt you and shown you that they do not value you by their actions and i'm not saying that that means that they actually don't it's just like subconsciously that's how you might be interpreting it and it might be coming out that way when you're thinking about this person who's hurt you And so you're obsessing with wanting to be validated for your feelings of betrayal and um, like not being important to this person, right? So you're thinking like, oh, like they haven't apologized to me, like they haven't said sorry, they haven't asked about me, They, they just, you know, and even if you want like revenge on them, it's the same for me, what I think. It's the same concept of like, you want to feel valid in feeling how you're feeling. And that's fair right and I think this also applies to a lot of people who are raised with their emotions being invalidated a lot as children um 
you know, being told that you're too sensitive, you just got to like toughen up, like whatever, you know, you don't have to freak out, you're, you're overreacting, like all that stuff really feeds into this concept of feeling valid, right? So when someone betrays you, a close friend, a relative, a partner, you want them to like apologize or feel how you're feeling as a way, again, in my opinion, to feel valid in how you're feeling, to, to prove to the, the world, right, that that you're not sensitive, you're not overreacting, like you want them to admit that they what they did was wrong and it hurt you. And it's like, yes, it's great to have apologies from people. And it's, and it's great when the person wants to apologize and wants to work on things and wants to like improve or whatever. And, but sometimes you're not going to get that. And when you hold on to that, that rage and frustration and like obsession with getting it and it, all it does is hurt you. Like that energy is just turned in internally it's turned into you because that person might not be in your life anymore they might have left they've hurt you they've left or they hurt you and you knew that you had to get rid of them in your life but you're still like ruminating and obsessing it's like that doesn't that energy is just staying within you like it's not it's not being released in a way that's going to like help you know or make you feel better and that's why i think a lot of times when we do get um apologies from these people that have wronged us it still doesn't feel good right because it's like you know you want something more and it's like again i don't think it has to do with that person it really has to do with you and how you're um how you're engaging with this um ego aspect of being wronged right so ultimately like i say this all the time in my videos and i think in my podcast as well where it's like it really just starts with you like it has to do with you first and foremost because it like it the person's behavior is not a reflection of you right like that person might just be a bad person and you trying to rationalize why they did it or find out why they did it or have them apologize like it won't be satisfying like the answer might just be that they are a bad person so like what are you supposed to do with that like wait your whole life for them to apologize and like waste all your energy on on hating them and wanting them to understand what it feels like like again that only hurts you and I get it. It's hard. It's it's hard to kind of let it go because you almost feel like you're betraying yourself by letting it go that like you feel unsatisfied, you want to hold on. But for me, I've realized that like the healthiest thing for me and like the best way for me to live a life that's content and comfortable is to just let things go that I cannot control. Like I ultimately cannot control this person's behavior towards me, their actions like they've done what they've done and it's like it's done now like there's nothing you can do about it so it doesn't matter how many times you want them to apologize or get revenge or whatever it's like it's not going to take away what happened and i'm not saying that means you have to like put up with things that happen you know you can just never speak that like just do not speak to the person again and then take what they did as a lesson to never um to try and avoid it in the future right if possible so yeah i think that's where the aspect of obsessing over people who have wronged you comes from it ultimately comes from like a sense of losing control right you you feel like you've lost control because this person has done something you didn't even expect it to be done to you and like it hurt and so that feeling of like losing the control over them losing the the like the respect that you thought they had for you before they did that it's like it's scary and so you want to grasp onto as anything you can to maintain it but ultimately you just what you really need is you in that moment. You need to be your support in that moment and like not reach for an apology or reach for somebody else's external validation of how you're feeling. Like you're feeling how you f you're feeling and it's valid because it's how you're feeling. Like the feelings exist and that makes them valid. So 
it doesn't it doesn't matter what anyone else does really at the end of the day and of course again apologies are great if the person really means it because you can have someone apologize to you and be like for it to be very like not genuine you know they're just apologizing to be like okay fine like i'm sorry like that won't feel good either right so it's just a matter of like in my opinion allowing things to flow as they need to like if the person is not showing any wanting to change or like apologize organically or anything then at that point you just gotta let it go because again it's only going to harm you so yeah okay so that was the obsessing over people who have wronged you because that's a big one i think like this aspect of like revenge and getting revenge on people um but now i want to move into the relationship aspect of obsession and there are so many like aspects of this right and I had a lot of comments in under the videos that I've made about obsession on TikTok um, saying like, oh, I have BPD or I have um, hyperfixation because of my ADHD. And like, of course, those are all mental health of all sorts factors into obsession 100%. So this is just from my experience as somebody who does not, I don't have any sort of like um, underlying, you know, mental health issues or struggles or anything like that. Like, I, I mean, I do. <laughs> I mean, I, I suffer from a lot of like anxiety and like, you know, just feeling overwhelmed and a lot of fearfulness and all that stuff. But um, nothing like, I guess, uh, more easily diagnosable in the medical world. Um, but yeah, but obsession is still like a, a thing that I struggle with. And it's because I've gone through it for so many years and I'm now like in my journey of personal development and like I'm going to therapy a lot. I'm journaling all the time. Like I'm really putting in the effort into kind of really understand what's going on. And that's pretty much what my entire like platform is about is just about on uh, just getting to like the root of things and trying to change them not to be like this perfect person but to change them just to feel a little bit better okay and I know that obsessing and being like obsessed with somebody in any way it's like it doesn't feel good right because it's like again it's like so much energy being directed to somebody but that energy gets so stored in yourself because it's like it has nowhere really to go because Again, like that person, their actions, who they are, it really has nothing to do with you, right? And so when we talk about obsession, like I don't mean being really infatuated with somebody and really like, oh, I'm so obsessed with them. Like they're so great. And like having that mutual connection and, and mutual obsession in, in the sense of like really liking each other and really caring about each other and all that stuff. Like that stuff is fine. Like I think it's fine. Um, and when you're in it, you know when it's okay. But when you're in like that dark obsession, you also know when it's like not good, <laughs> you know? Um, like I've gone through it. I've seen friends go through it. It is not fun. And um, I just want to talk a little bit about what I think that is and what it comes from. And ultimately, I think what we obsess about in somebody else is what we want for ourselves that we are not giving to ourselves. So what I mean by that is, if you're obsessed with somebody and you just don't know, like maybe you just don't know why you're obsessed. You're just like, no, they're perfect for me. They're meant to be, they're my soulmate. They're meant to be in my life, but like they're not in your life. They've left you or you've realized that they're not right for you, but you're still holding on to them for some reason. It's like, if it was meant to be, it would be, right? It would flow. So it's not that it's like the universe is saying to you with this obsession that this is your soulmate because, or your twin flame, like that's a big one that comes up to you. The universe is not saying to you, because you're obsessed, that means that it, it's something, you know, a deep connection, an un eternal universal connection. It's like, most likely, 
there's something there that has you addicted that has to do with you specific like with you only um because again if that person's not in your life and they're not reciprocating that level of like addiction or like obsession to you it's a it's you like your it's your energy that energy is you and just because it's bouncing off of the other person it doesn't mean it's coming from them does that make sense you're emanating that energy and so yeah going back to the point is that whatever you're obsessed with it's reflecting something that you want that you are not giving to yourself and it's hard to to really understand what that is without putting in the work like therapy if you can get there because i know it's hard journaling just really like researching like studying yourself (laughs) like researching yourself and understanding getting deep down and like pushing aside the ego pushing aside the childhood wounds and expectations and ideas that have been put on you like really getting to the root of it that like dark underlying thing that's like trying to hide from you so you don't pinpoint it you know there's something there so for example a lot of comments were saying you know i'm obsessed with this person and i realize now it's because they are so career oriented And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. If you're in a place in your life where you're struggling with your career, you feel like you don't have things figured out or you're not confident in like work-life stuff, then yeah, it makes sense that you're kind of like obsessing over this person, whether or not they're in your life or whatever, that is career-oriented because you're like, I want that. Like, I want that in my life. And that's not to say that this person isn't great in other ways and that's why you're also really attracted to them or like obsessed about them. But like the thing that's keeping you really like deeply darkly obsessed could be something like that where it's like I want that for myself and because I can't bring it out in myself I'm gonna find it in somebody else and if they then like me that means that they see that thing in me as well so like it's almost like this validation that you're getting from them to say like if they like me and I think they're great that means that I'm great you know what I mean but the point is like you got to cut out the middleman like you you can validate yourself and then skip the part where you're obsessed over somebody who doesn't, who isn't, probably isn't right for you, isn't aligned with you and what you want, right? And you know if they are or not, you know it. Because we all do. We all know that like, oh, this person's not right for me, but I'm like obsessed and I can't let it go. It's like, maybe this is why. Like, maybe you're just obsessed with this image of yourself that you're seeing in them that you want for you, like for this idealized version of you. And I actually just had, today I had a therapy session about this specific thing where you might have for me like this is again this is all my experience like my perception of it you might have this idealized version of yourself that you've either been taught as a child to want to be like or you know just have it from society whatever that you are always reaching towards and i'm not here to say like that idealized version is bad or anything or it's wrong or you shouldn't want to be that way but sometimes it's hard to kind of give yourself the validation and approval because we haven't been taught that we're taught always especially as kids when with your parents that you have to find that approval in somebody else like your parents have to give that to you and then when you leave from your parents you know their rule i guess as you get older um then you have to find that validation from somebody else but it's like we're never taught to find it from ourselves and i'm sure some people are and you guys are lucky and i hate you thank you very much but a lot of us myself included we're not taught to seek that validation ourselves to trust ourselves to back ourselves up like we weren't we weren't taught that because probably our parents also don't have that for themselves right it's like a cycle and generational trauma and all that stuff um but yeah so you then because you can't validate it in yourself you've never been taught how to you seek it in others because you've always been taught to seek validation approval in others and so if it goes from your parents your mother your father whoever 
um, it'll probably start manifesting now in your romantic relationships, right? Because our parental and caregiver relationships uh, are reflected in our romantic partners. And so that's probably why you are so obsessed with this person when it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel healthy for you. And obviously everyone's different. Healthy is different for everyone. But like, it just doesn't feel good for you, right? And whatever the good is for you. And you know it and you just don't understand why. And it's like, this might be why. Um, there's so many. It could be like another reason why you might be obsessed with this person and you're not like recognizing it. It's like maybe they are the most attractive partner you've ever had, right? And so by them liking you, that means something about you and your um, physical attraction, right? So even if they are re- even if they are just like a bad partner, they're just not good. They're just not right for you you still have a connection to them. And then sometimes people might interpret that as saying, oh, because I feel so strongly about them, that must mean they are my soulmate. Like that must mean they are meant to be my partner and I should just wait for them to get better or to do better or like push them to do better or, but you can't control and you can't make anyone do anything they don't want to do. And so if they don't want to do it and it does not align with you, that means that means they are not meant for you at the end of the day. And that also suggests that if you, what you're looking for in that person is ultimately what you want for yourself, doesn't that say that then that means you are your own soulmate? You're just having to f- rediscover yourself, right? And you're looking for your soulmate in these people, but it's like you're looking for yourself in those people. So basically you're looking for you as your soulmate. <laughs> like it kind of, it's a little mind blowing. And like, again, this is something I'm working on in therapy as well. Um, but it's just, it's almost like liberating to realize this, but also a little scary because you're like, wow, I've spent so much time obsessing and like everything I thought about life and romance and all that is now shattered because I'm realizing this, that it really all comes down to me and my perception of myself and like my ability to trust myself and back myself up and all that. And so the obsession aspect of it is the, again, like the lack of feeling in control you obviously cannot control anybody else you can't make them do or be who you want them to be and so obsession is a way for your mind to kind of fake that control right because if you keep thinking about it if you think about it think about it you feel more in control and that also plays into effect if you have like anxiety and you think about like scary scenarios over and over again you kind of almost feel like you're in control of them like you've you've managed to contain them in a way. Um, So I think it it applies to this as well, uh, romantic relationships and obsession with partners. And I think it's just really important to recognize that, that ultimately, from my experience, it all comes back to you and who you are and who you want to be seen as by yourself, you know? And it's, it's just very interesting. And it kind of also plays into the, the aspect of love bombing, because that's also a big topic that comes um, into play with uh, obsession, relationships, and one that's really popular on my TikTok page. Love bombing can also be seen as this way for many people to uh, either consciously or subconsciously seek this like validation and approval from others within themselves. So like, And again, like, I know love bombing can be very dark, very, like, manipulative and scary. So I'm not, like, trying to downplay it. But I've also seen love bombing from people who are not bad people. Like, they they mean well, but subconsciously something in them is urging them to love bomb their partner 
as a way to seek their validation and approval so that they feel better about themselves, right? Like, if I love bomb this person and they become so attached to me and so into me, then that means that that I'm worthy of of them. And also that like everything I'm saying to them, like you're so amazing, you're so funny, you're so attractive. That's all like that energy, those words are probably what they want to say to themselves, but I've never been taught to. So they're they're putting it outwards towards other people as a way to kind of redirect it to themselves, if that makes sense. You know, like mirroring it in the person so that they can see it in themselves. And I think that's why a lot of the time we see love bombers, you know, not the really deeply manipulative kind, the one that are really trying to like get things from you and like control you, but the ones that, that do it and then you're in it and you and then you're really into the love bombing that they're giving and then they just like switch on you and they disappear and you're like, well, what just happened? I think that's what what's happened in that moment. It's like they've realized, the love bombers have realized that them giving all that affection to you does not fill the void in themselves, does not really make them feel better because it's not really going to them. Like they're not really working on it for themselves and like elevating their self-worth and self-esteem, right? They're just trying to use, in a way they are trying to use other people for that, but they're not doing it in like a malicious intent. It's just like subconscious. And I think we all kind of do that in a, in, to an extent. We we try to manipulate people not always in bad ways like for example people pleasing is a manipulation tactic but sometimes it's done um, with the desire to manipulate someone so that you feel safe and secure right as children we people please to save us from you know punishment from being scolded by whatever from whatever Um, but it is manipulation like you're trying to manipulate someone's behavior towards you um again with positive and negative intentions but yeah it's so it's like when you're obsessed with somebody and you're like so like oh they're they're amazing they're like this and i need them in my life and i can't live without them and it's like try and redirect that to yourself whatever you're thinking about that person think about you like i like i'm so amazing i can't live without myself in my life and then you feel like this you feel like the weight being lifted off your shoulders right the weight of like wanting to control somebody and not being able to and realizing that the only person you can control is yourself and you can control yourself and you you get your power back you get this control back to say i am worthy i am valid whether or not this person who i admire so much likes me back it i can like them without also needing them to like me as a form of validation like the two can be mutually exclusive and it's just when you have like that perspective shift for me I realized like it really changed every aspect of how I viewed romantic relationships and friendships because I think we often we value romantic relationships so much more than friendships but like friendships are the root of all those kinds of relationships it has to start with being friends with somebody and the you wouldn't I don't know I wouldn't say you wouldn't because we have of course like there are many crazy stories out there of friends being like like obsessed with other friends to the point like single white female you know um but you know when you're with a friend versus a partner a lot of the time you see your friend is like oh yeah they're my friend like they do their thing and we mutually like each other we're not obsessed with each other we're just we get along and it's fun and it flows and if they started doing something that i didn't like then i probably wouldn't be friends with them that much but it's like for romantic partners it's almost seen as differently um, at least in the way that I've been raised, right? We see romantic partners as like a, um, a validation thing, a, val- a tool for validation. And yeah, w- once you realize that and you realize like, if all I'm seeking really is validation, 
and I'm literally just seeking it through other people to be redirected back to me, I can just give that to me from the get-go and I can get rid of the bad, unaligned relationships that I'm bringing into my life just for this like quick, under like underhanded way of getting my validation, you know? And I'm not saying it's easy. It is so hard to start changing that mindset and like bringing that validation back to yourself because again, it feels uncomfortable. We're not taught to do that. We're taught that it's selfish to like think so highly of ourselves, which is crazy because we are our best friends. We are our soulmates. We were born with ourselves and we're going to die with ourselves. Like there's no running from us. And so why wouldn't you make yourself your most comfortable home and like value it and like treat it right? And like, I don't know. It's just, it is hard to, to change into that and to understand that and like become comfortable with just like loving yourself because again we're taught that it's like selfish self-centered but it's it's not I see it as self-considerate you're considering yourself just as you would consider a friend as a partner a, a, a family member like you are part of that and you have to consider yourself or else it's going to leak out into all the relationships you have in your life if you don't show yourself that consideration and it'll manifest in obsession and like uncomfortable unhealthy like obsession that doesn't feel good for you and you just don't you might you don't understand why you're obsessing and it's just so confusing and frustrating and so yeah I think truly I think it all just starts with an aspect of self-love and self-trust and yeah I hope I hope this brought a bit of perspective to the concept of obsession and of course there's so much nuance there's so many more aspects and details and everybody's so different and unique so if you find yourself obsessing with somebody and you don't know like like what is it just try and dig deep like what is it about this person that I'm admiring so much that I I need to keep in my life so badly that if they leave I feel like I'll never have that thing it's like you can have it if it exists in them it exists in you right and so yeah and then to give it to yourself is to just practice it in small ways like to to bring it out in yourself is like if I don't know if feeling career oriented is something that you're admiring the other person like what's a way you can do that for you in a way that feels aligned and right for right now like don't set yourself up with these really intense plans that you'll never be able to achieve right now start small start slow um if it's like um physical appearance that you're you're desiring to feel more confident about or to validate yourself on just look in the mirror and tell yourself like wow I'm like really pretty (laughs) and just say that and it'll feel uncomfortable the first few times you do it but after a while it's gonna be like yeah why wouldn't you say that to yourself right like why would you treat yourself badly and say that you're not pretty you're ugly like I don't know you wouldn't say that to your child self and yet we say it to ourselves it's like it's like second nature to do that and it's just it's a little sad and I don't know and I just everyone deserves to feel good and be happy and they deserve to find it within themselves and that's not to say that you shouldn't have romantic partners romantic partners and love and all that stuff is great and we need each other 100% we're we're communal creatures but um it, it starts with you like if you can't figure out what it is your what your baseline is what you're needing what you want it's going to leak out into others and you're going to search for it in them and it's never going to come to you because everyone's they're not you you know you are you and you have your power and your control over yourself um so yeah I hope this 
offered a pretty good perspective shift for you if you're struggling with any of this. And yeah, I think I'll probably have another episode next week about relationships. So if you have any suggestions or concerns, questions for me to talk about, um, just email me, message me on Instagram or something. And I'll add that to like my list of podcast episodes. But oh, wow, this was like a long one today, which is good. Um, Yeah, so feel free to leave a comment or review if you'd like. Um, And uh, you can follow me on my socials. Um, My website is KaterinaWrites.com if you want to read any of my writing. Oh, I also, to promote myself a little bit, I have a self-awareness journal, like a guided, a digital journal on my website for sale right now where I have compiled a bunch of prompts from my TikTok videos that people have asked me. And I kind of guide you through the process of like really digging deep into the questions and bring them out in yourself and seeing what resonates, what doesn't, how you can kind of work through them. So if you're interested in that, you don't know how to start journaling, um, this might be really good because it'll be guided. Like there's prompts that you can work with. So yeah, Um, that's it. Yeah, I guess I will be back again to talk to you all next week.